2: listening to fox sports radio
1: We got multiple votes of confidence from somebody in the NFL. The dreaded vote of confidence. We will get into that for you coming up here just a couple of moments from now. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington is out. It is Brady Quinn. Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are making us a part of your Thursday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We'll take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock pacific here on fsr and it is draft day uh it is nfl draft day heavy nfl conversation uh, i know brady quinn really wanted to break down uh, last night's action in the nba playoffs i know you're really looking forward to that uh, i'm just not sure if we're going to get into a deep dive on that discussion so i want to apologize it, it, in advance.
0: it's it's hard with draft day coming up you know i watched uh some of the bucks uh bowls game last night yeah and I, I think the hard thing for me, and we've talked about this at length just this week, especially with the build-up to the NFL draft, is with some of the more, I guess, I don't want to say older stars, but with obviously the Lakers not being a part of the playoffs, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, the Brooklyn Nets not being a part of the playoffs, like some of the drama that was going on around Ben Simmons, you're now just getting into like the basketball of it. And I had this conversation with a buddy a while ago, Outside of, like, a, a Ja Morant dunk, which I think we, we all watch that play, and you're amazed by the athleticism, the high-flying. Yeah. Like, that was the era that, of basketball that I grew up in, like, early on seeing MJ, early on, I remember Clyde the Glide Drexler, you know, then eventually seeing Vince Carter, who, in my opinion, is the greatest dunker of all time. But that was that high-flying era of doing something that I was like, I just hope to God I could dunk one day, never be able to do a windmill or never be able to jump from the free-throw line or, or that sort of thing. And then we've segued now because of Steph Curry and, and the way you know, he's really changed the game into this spread-out style of play that – it's just not as fun to watch, in my opinion. You know, it's so much about three point shooting, spreading the floor, you know, guys passing up on layups to kick it back outside to shoot a three. And you're going, I don't, it's just, it's hard. It's, to me, it's not as, it, it's, you don't get as many moments like we got, what, two nights ago with a John Morant dunk. You just don't yeah. see it quite as often anymore. I think that's one of the things, too, as we get in more to, to getting closer to the NBA Finals. You still got some great players, great teams involved, but it's just it's just not the same to me. It, it, it really is harder for me to watch.
1: Yeah, and, and I also think that was, like if you're an NBA fanboy, your pushback would be, well, but what about the NFL? It's a past happy league anymore. I mean, teams hardly run the football. It wasn't like how it was back in the day. The problem with that is there's still a, an element of physicality in the NFL that's always going to be there. So it, it, you can call the NFL, you know, well, it's softer than it was back in the day. All right, but guys are still getting blown up all the time. Like that, that's still happening. So there's still remnants of of what we grew up on in the NFL. But to your point, in the NBA, it just it's a style of play that and we talked about it before, if you grew up playing youth basketball, I played youth basketball, you did as well too if you pulled up from 25 feet on a fast break with an opportunity at a layup to shoot a three <laughs> your coach would kick you in the balls and make you run sideline to sideline for two days straight, like it just, yeah. it's not like, <laughs> like it that wouldn't have existed back then, it's just so much different now, the Ja Morant dunk and the the uh, Iron Eagle call of uh, the job. Ja breaker that dunk will go down as one of the great dunks in postseason history no
0: doubt it about it was unbelievable <laughs> crazy crazy and, and obviously he's to me he's like that next player that next star that the nba should rally around with everything it has just because of you know how he came into the league what he's done since he's been in the league i just he's an absolute pleasure to watch but again, you don't see that very honest, uh, very often, and and I feel like with a player like Giannis, because they're def- they're the defending champs, the story of how he came into the league and how he's developed, it almost like people kind of forget about. Like you're not highlighting the fact that you still got a guy who's looked at as, as and potentially considering how young he is and how successful. Yet you don't really get a ton of that anymore because they've already climbed to the top. They've gotten to the top of the mountain and won an NBA championship. So I I just – I don't know. It's been harder for me to get into. I think after the draft, obviously, we'll turn our attention there. Yeah, of course. But it's it's still it's it's not what it used to be. And I think I was reminded of that between the past two days, the John Moran dunk and then what I watched last night in the Bucks series, uh, eliminating the Bulls.
1: It's like uh, when they talk about, say, Jimmy Butler or DeMar DeRozan. One thing they talk about is, yeah, those guys are two of the best in the league at the mid range game. Yeah. Like the fact that that's even an isolated conversation, man. Back in the day, the mid-range that was the that NBA. Was it. <laughs> like yeah, my, that was Michael it. Jordan's greatest shot against Byron Russell and the Utah Jazz. What was that mid-range? Mid-range. Like, that's exactly what that was. Well, it's it, just the conversation's so different now.
0: Like one of the things I remember most about Jordan early on in his career was, was the turnaround. Like his turnaround yeah. jump shot in, in, from mid-range. That was something that then like Kobe mimicked, and, and it was it was so cool to watch. As as a young man, seeing what I witnessed with Jordan, and then seeing Kobe emulate the same thing, and go, oh, this is like the second coming of that. Like this is the next guy who who kind of grew up and, and has taken and, and put those moves in his game, and it was it was so much fun to watch. But again, you just you don't see that very often. But again, that's that's another thing. Like even about Devin Booker's game that I really appreciate. And, and look, maybe maybe younger people would say I'm I'm not relatable. Because that was the era of basketball I grew up in, and that was the kind of basketball that I honestly I like to play. You know, it's you know I, I remember <laughs> I remember when I got drafted to Cleveland. You know, their facility is uh, in Berea, Ohio, and so it's not far from a Division three school called Baldwin Wallace. And we would go play hoops sometimes, and you you know play up against the Baldwin Wallace basketball team, and those dudes would shoot lights out. Now, we got guys who could do, like Braylon Edwards could do pretty much any type of dunk you wanted him to do. And we had other guys who were like that too. But I remember we'd go out there and, and like, at times they'd beat you because they would miss. And it was, like, frustrating because it, it wasn't overly fun to play that style of, of basketball where, you know, they're shooting from, a, a, you know, three, three steps, four steps behind the three point line. And, and you, 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 it's like, you're, are you really going to challenge them that often? And eventually you'd have to, but they were never going to drive to the hole on you. They were never going to dunk on you. It was just shooting outside shots the whole time. You're like, all right, th- this isn't as much fun. Like, we want to get out, run, get a little exercise, throw down some dunks, have a little fun with it.
1: Uh, you want to know how effed up. And I, I, I don't want to say that it's, that it's in a bad place, just a different place from where it was back in the day, the NBA. So would you consider, Larry Bird's one of the great, scores offensive talents just talents period in the in the nba history correct and you know there's legendary talks about him winning the three-point contest he walked into a locker room and told everybody who's finishing second tonight and then went out in his warm-up and won the three-point contest and threw his finger up as as the ball was in midair because he knew he hit the money ball he was going to win all right so conversely Marcus Smart is a defensive player, just one defensive player of the year in in the NBA. That's what he's known for. That's his bread and butter is about defense. Larry Bird, in his entire career, made 649 three-point shots. He played 13 years. Marcus Smart has been in the league seven years, and he's made 796. Like, does he make, he's got 100 more threes. He's played, like, half the number of years, and he's a defensive player. It's complete, It has it completely changed. Bird never made 100 threes in a game. Like, Steph Curry's making 10 to 12 in some games and, and, during an 82-game season. It just, the NBA we grew up on, it's dead, man. Like, it, it is over. The league is completely changed uh, from that standpoint. So, it's a bummer. But you know.
0: it is a bummer. I think in ways it's become like more inclusive in regards to, you know, more. And I've said this before, more more people can relate to being the type of player that can shoot from the outside, you know, throw up those you know near half court shots and hit them from time to time. Like you started to see it at the high school level and you see it at the AAU level, but it, it doesn't make you. Kind of have your those jaw-dropping moments where you watch and you see someone do something where they jump up out of the sky, and it seems like they're defying the defying the laws of gravity. I, it's just it, it's different for me. Again, maybe I'm. You know, unrelatable now because of all of it. But that's, that's the type of basketball that I used to love playing and obviously still loved watching.
1: I mean, there are some people who would find it a little disrespectful that you would go Vince Carter, uh, greatest dunker of all time. I mean, you know, Dominique Wilkins is Dominique sitting Dominique Wilkins,
0: would have, he was before my time, though. And, right. and, and
1: I do remember,
0: you know, Dr. J before that, if we really want to get into it. But I'm just saying, man, there was nothing like Vince Sanity. As far as a dunker, I don't feel like there was anything like Vince, Vince Carter when he wanted to throw down a dunk.
1: The dunk he had in the Olympics against, I forget who it was, but Kevin Garnett was obviously on the team, and the guy was a seven-footer from, it uh, might have been Slovenia or somewhere like that, and he went over the guy's head to dunk a basketball. It just, it, unbelievable. And then his dunks were so crazy that even NBA players were like, did that really just happen? When he did the dunk where he, he hung on by his elbow after he dunked it, like I remember, they panned over to Shaq during the dunk contest, and he was like, "Wait, what?" Like it was like, <laughs> like, it was just this shock in the building. Like, did that really just happen? Did he really just hang on by his elbow? Just a crazy, crazy, and the fact that he played as long as he did uh, in the NBA, um, just you know, testament to him and his durability. And uh, he was you know relevant for a long time. He's a good analyst now too. So good for uh, Vince Carter. Uh, and that'll wrap up our coverage of the NBA for 2022. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Fox Sports Radio. By the way, uh, we are brought to you by Discover. With uh, prices soaring at the pump, Discover has your back. With cashback use discover to earn 5% cashback at gas stations and target now through june on up to $1500 in purchases when you activate learn more at discover.com/rewards limitations apply all right so we mentioned a vote of confidence a dreaded vote of confidence by somebody in the NFL we are going to get to that plus the latest rumors and scuttlebug regarding the NFL draft we'll have that with our NFL insider coming up next here it's two pros and a cup of joe fox sports
2: radio
1: two pros and a cup of joe fox sports radio brady quinn jonas knox with you here on fsr (laughs) Ah, you are just classless uh roberta flores uh just uh just a class (laughs) act uh through and through everybody (laughs) hey jonas if you weren't a lead singer would you have been a drummer um yeah probably although i although i i really wish i would have learned more piano i love piano Did I ever tell
0: you I tried to do that one offseason when I was in the NFL? Learn piano? Yeah. So, I mean, I will say this about Eric Mangini. One one of the things when he came in, what he tried to do is he really tried to challenge you to cross-train, you know, get outside your normal, you know, type of thinking and all that. And so, you know, he would have like a mixed martial arts guy come in and work with players. He would have, you know, all sorts of different stuff. They'd have yoga, all, all these different things. And I remember thinking to myself, like, all right, like, I'm going to extend this a little further. Maybe I'll try to learn to play an instrument. And I, like you, I was always like, man, I, I wish I would have learned how to play the piano. And I remember going for my first couple lessons, and the guy was really nice. He didn't say it the first lesson, but the second lesson, he looks at me and goes... You don't know how to read music, do you? I go. Oh yeah, no, not not, not at all. Like I was like, I haven't looked at like anything from a, a music standpoint since I was probably in elementary school, as far as how to read music. He goes. Okay, uh, this is this is gonna be a long process. Then I was like, yeah, I figured as much. So I think I got to the point where I could play like hot cross buns, and that was about it.
1: Yeah, they uh, they always say that's one of those things to where if you don't learn it when you're young, good luck when you get older. Like it is uh, it is a process because you just you're able to uh, retain information better when you're younger as opposed to when you get older and you're thinking about other crap. Uh, yeah, it's just not happening. But you know. Give it a whirl one of these days. One a real piano, not one of these candy ass little uh, toy pianos. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I, I don't piano. know what you
4: mean. Like, well, what like do you, mean you a know, toy like piano? These, these
1: little like uh, people buy these little like uh, plastic ones and go, oh, it's a piano. It's not really. All right, I, I need okay. something that goes out of tune. All right, not not something that's you Ooh, know bought okay. you know at a toy store. You know. I, see. I see Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, who cares it is uh, two pros and a cup of joe here Fox Sports Radio coming up uh, in about 20 minutes from now we continue with our draft week over unders first round coming up later on tonight we're going to have uh, another batch to hand out here on FSR right now uh, he is a man uh, who will not be in Las Vegas but he will be covering the draft and also uh, throwing shade at Michigan and the Brooklyn Nets fan base he is the great Albert Breer senior NFL reporter at the MMQB get him on Twitter at Albert Breer, Albert, happy draft day. How are
4: you? I'm guessing you're like referencing my tweet yesterday, which like, I mean, like that was just teed up for me. That was too easy.
1: Now, now, do you want to? Uh, I, I don't have the tweet I mean, uh, offhand. Can you elaborate? That. Yeah, please.
4: I love, I know, I, I, I love Adam, but like he tweeted like that Aiden Hutchinson, and you know, Adam's a Michigan guy, so he tweeted. Adam Schefter, uh, yeah. for those of you. Uh, yeah, Adam Schefter. Not
1: Adam Levine, just want to be yeah. fair.
0: Yeah, it was Adam yeah, Schefter ball washing. <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
4: I mean, he tweeted like he tweeted that Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson's poised to become the uh, the second top five pick on defense in Michigan history. And first since Charles Woodson, and uh, I mentioned that Ohio State's had six of those in the last six years. So
1: <laughs> with with the hashtag NFLU, I yep. mean it. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't end. Um, I mean, speaking of the draft, uh, what what are we hearing at the top? It looks like uh, uh, Trevon Walker, but what is the uh, the scuttlebutt out there that you're hearing from people there in Vegas?
4: Yeah, I mean, I I, I tell you, like it feels like there's different factions with the jaguars and obviously um you know i think at this point they've probably internally come to a decision i know doug peterson and trent balky met with the owner Shad Khan to finalize that decision yesterday Uh, my hunch is that it's going to be trevon walker from georgia just based on the upside that he brings to the table um you know i i had heard that the the owner um and and his son tony wanted to Um, Wanted them to consider Aiden Hutchinson. I think Aiden Hutchinson was a consideration. And, you know, I think Doug Peterson had advocated um, a couple of times over the last couple of months to add another offensive lineman to try to invest back in the quarterback. But my hunch right now, based on upside, based on who the player might become in three or four years, um, and based on their needs on defense, um, is that it probably will be George's Trevon Walker. I would not totally – rule out an offensive lineman but I if I had to you know put some money down on it I'd say it'd be Walker right
0: yeah he seems to be the heavy betting favorite here Albert so that leads me to number two where Aiden Hutchinson is a slight favorite over Kayvon Thibodeau at least that's what we have um I believe it was from with DraftKings <laughs> yeah, Fanduel, Draft one of those books yeah, Draft Draft Kings. Kings. yeah. so uh, i was just gonna ask you this between the two, I mean, is, is there going to be a potential surprise here? I mean, could we see any teams move out of that, you know, that, those early spots? Or do you think it's going to be a lot of O-linemen, D-linemen go- going early and often?
4: Yeah, I think O-line, D-line early. Um, you know, and I think you probably – maybe the first spot where we see movement might be six. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say Aiden Hutchinson goes second to Detroit – just based on the cultural fit. Kayvon Thibodeau's got upside, but, you know, I just think as far as what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are trying to build, you know, I I would say that Aiden Hutchinson's the fit there. And if there's going to be a curveball at two or three, I just kind of keep an eye on corner. You know, I've heard Detroit like Sauce Gardner. You know, you've heard Houston connected to Derek Stingley. So, you know, my my guess right now would be Aiden Hutchinson, then an O-lineman at three, either Iki Quanu from NC State or uh, Evan Neal from Alabama. Uh, but, you know, if, if there were to be, you know, some sort of twist there at two or three, my guess would be that it would be a corner. And I think the first corner, if you wanted to bet on it right now, would probably be Sauce Gardner. And I think his li- li- most likely landing spot is probably four to the Jets. I, like I said, I think six is probably – where you start seeing action on those picks, where maybe in a Philly, you know, somebody like that looks to come up with a Carolina at six, maybe with a Giants' second pick at seven. Uh, maybe somebody wants to come up to get a corner. Maybe someone come, wants to come up to get a receiver, jump the Falcons, which is where I think the run on receivers could potentially start right there at number eight.
1: Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with the here, uh, FSR. Um, so quarterbacks, we're hearing, you know, it looks like uh, as far as the, the odds would say and everything that you've seen is that Malik Willis is the first guy to go and then you've got Kenny Pickett. In your mind, who's third off the quarterback draft board? Who's the third guy to go? And do we see it happen later on tonight?
4: You know, I, I think what's interesting about this year's class, there's a lot of disagreement on which one's the best one, you know. And I know there's an assumption that Malik Willis is going to be the first one off the board. I'm not positive about that. Like, I think it could wind up being Pickett. Um, and I I can tell you there are teams that like Corral. There are teams that like Ritter. Um, you know, I, I think, like, what you're going to be looking at at the end of the round is just it's going to be sort of who pulls the trigger, you know you hear like atlanta and seattle like corral i don't think that it would be at eight or nine i think it would either be in the second round or maybe they move up into the bottom of the first round and you know if there was a surprise as far as the quarterback going higher than people think i think it might be desmond ritter um i think there's a possibility that maybe one of these teams at the bottom of the first round maybe takes ritter i mean the relationship of course between, you know, the Titans head coach Mike Vrabel and and the Cincinnati coach Luke Fickles, well-documented. I mean, those guys are legitimately best friends. And, um, you know, I know what Fickles told teams about Desmond Ritter. And so, you know, could they set something up where they have an exit strategy from Ryan Tannehill, who's in the last year of guaranteed money of his contract this year, like where Tannehill's the starter this year, they sit at a Ritter for a year, And then he becomes their starter in 2023. So I think most of the action on the quarterbacks, if there is action on the quarterbacks tonight, maybe 19-20 that New Orleans-Pittsburgh turn there, like it wouldn't surprise me if maybe you see Pickett to New Orleans or or Willis to Pittsburgh or even Pickett to Pittsburgh. And then maybe like later on in the 20s, you either have a Tennessee or somebody coming up out of the the top of the second round to get the fifth-year option on a quarterback at the bottom of the first round.
0: All right, Albert, give me a surprise or something that you're kind of hearing that you're like, yeah, this is juicy. This is something that may happen. Call your shot. Be the bambino right now. I want you to point out there like you're <laughs> going to jack a home run with this. And, one. And Albert, no pressure, well,
1: I'm, Albert. I'm just uh, opening up my DraftKings account right now. No pressure. Go ahead. Yeah.
4: You guys, you guys agree to like we'll erase the tape if I'm wrong. Yeah, right? That's fine. Um, well, of course. Okay. Yeah, we'll so I, I would say I would say if there's a shocker really early on, it's either O lineman to um, Jacksonville at one or potentially corner to Detroit at two or Houston at three. I think those are things they've contemplated. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger, but I think those are things they've contemplated. If I, if if there's one that would be like a huge twist, Jamison Williams might wind up going pretty high guys. Like I, I don't know. I've talked to enough people over the last, you know, 48 hours that, that, that tell you, like, this guy's so unique, and, I mean, maybe he's not Tyreek Hill, but the league's been looking for the next Tyreek Hill, and he brings something completely different to the table. Um, and so I think he's in play, you know, 15 to Philly, uh, maybe 12 to Minnesota, maybe 10 to the Jets, and maybe as high as 7 to the Giants. Jeez. Now, you have to be wow. comfortable with him, right? Like, that, the thing with him is... You have to be comfortable with the idea you might not get him till November, right? Like that he might be a pup guy. I think most teams are looking at it and saying, like, most likely he's going to start the season on pup, which puts him out till late October. But like the second gear he has, um, and like if you watch him, I had a I, I had a receivers coach tell me just watch the guy when he gets to 30 yards and how he pulls away from everybody, and then. Consider how few guys can do that at six foot two. Um, I think that there's a chance Jamison Williams goes a little higher than people think. And again, like the receivers, and it's another one of these positions where it's sort of fungible, where you know one team might have one guy one, the other team might have him four. So yeah. I think he could wind up going behind some yeah. of the other receivers. But I do think he could wind up going as high as seven uh, to the Giants. Uh, uh,
0: Albert, can I ask this? Because the Giants have two top ten picks. Do you see yeah. them staying put? Do you see them, you know, utilizing those picks or trying to trade back? Or yeah. is there a wild card scenario where they might like one of these quarterbacks and maybe they would exercise that option there? I just I, – I, 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 look, it's, it's no disrespect to Daniel Jones. I just think they're a year away from being back in, into the draft looking for a quarterback. And there's, yeah. so, there's only so many opportunities you have to have two draft picks in the top ten and have a shot at getting one of these guys.
4: I – I'd be surprised, but Brady, I think it's at least notable that they haven't picked up the fifth-year option on him yet, right? Like, like so, I mean, it, it at least tells you, um, you know, if you're judging them by their actions, like, that's a pretty, I think, telling thing that maybe they're not completely sold on Daniel Jones, even as their quarterback in 2023, you know? Um, and so I, I don't think that they take one this year. What I could see them doing, though – And I think the Jets would sort of be in this boat, too, where they maybe move the second of their picks into next year or try to. Like, I think, you know, the Giants at 7, the Jets at 10, if somebody wants to come come to them with a first-round pick next year, I think that both those teams would listen to that. And I think when you're talking about the Giants in particular, it would be to set themselves up to take a quarterback next year. So you give Daniel Jones the year, and then you've got the extra capital in 2023 to go get one. And again, I don't know like, if C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Tyler Van Dyke or any of these guys wind up becoming that guy next year. But I know that there's at least a perception out there that the options might be a little bit better next year than they are this year.
1: Uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. So David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, gave a uh, vote of confidence for, uh, to the coaching staff, Matt Rule, and then also uh, you know, uh, was very complimentary of Sam Darnold uh, yesterday and talking with the media. Um, I, it feels like we've talked about this this week on the show. Matt Rule hasn't really been given a lot at quarterback. I mean they they got aggressive with Deshaun Watson, didn't end up going reportedly because they didn't want to guarantee years 3 and 4 of the deal. But it's like he's had Sam Darnold and before that it was Teddy Bridgewater and then Cam Newton was brought back. What's the plan in Carolina? Not only from the quarterback position but also at head coach. Is Matt Rule safe or is he on the hot seat already in year 3?
4: Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's fighting for his job and um, you know i don 't know that David Tepper after this year would do a total tear down, but you know I think those questions are being asked and i I think internally there's you know this feeling that jobs are on the line and i and i think it 's more than just the quarterback it 's you know like that they've they 've changed over staff um and if you you look at the roster there are still I mean, major questions of premium positions, left tackles, obviously still one. And I think they could wind up taking a tackle at six. And I think the biggest problem with quarterback guys is, like, you know, it, it feels like it's been a bunch of half measures, you know. It's like, dip, let's dip our toe in here, but not let's not overcommit. Like, last year they really liked Justin Fields, uh, but they decide, like, let's kind of keep the light on for Deshaun Watson if an opportunity comes along and just take a really good player in J.C. Horn. So they do that. And, you know, the half measure in Sam Darnold is sort of attached to that. And, you know, then the year before that, you know, they detach from Cam Newton and they go through a half measure with Teddy Bridgewater. And this year, if they get past the draft, you know, you're talking about maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield, and that's another half measure. And so. Um, you know, I I think that that's sort of going to be what's tied to, to, to Matt Rule's job security when we got to, get to October and November. It's like, can you see that light at the end of the tunnel? Is, like, the defense that they've invested in, instead of going and fixing the quarterback position, is that defense starting to become dominant? Do you see the offensive line coming together? Is there any hope at the quarterback position? So, I think as much as anything else, it's going to... Be, does it look like plan is now showing hope in year three uh, that's how I think that David Tepper is going to wind up judging Matt Rule again when we get to October when we get to November you know and then I think there's going to be the question too of how engaged the players are and whether or not uh, Matt Rule can still be kind of a can, can be a, a sort of like a compelling a compelling head coach for the players in the locker room because I think that that was a question at the end of the year last year when the stuff with some college co- college coaching jobs came up.
0: Albert, only have about a minute here, but want to get one more out of you. Baker Mayfield, does he get dealt at any point in time this weekend?
4: I think it probably happens after this weekend. I think the Browns are going to have to eat some salary to make it happen. I, I still think, like, if Seattle comes out of the weekend without a quarterback, I think that they would be in play, um, and – Carolina, you know they they sort of viewed it as like redundant to the risk that they took with Sam Darnold last year, but you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think there would at least be a debate between, do we go after Baker Mayfield or do we go after Jimmy Garoppolo if they come out of the weekend without a quarterback? I think the one thing to watch with Carolina is a potential trade down and then maybe drafting somebody like Sam Howell on Friday if they don't take one at 6. So um, if they get to Saturday and they still don't have a quarterback, then I think, you know, you'd have to say, okay, now they maybe investigate Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo again.
1: Uh, get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. Albert, always appreciate it, man. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, let's do it again next week. Enjoy hey, the first round.
0: Take it easy out there in Vegas, all right, you, you party animal. All right, just take it easy out
4: there. Well, I'm not there, Brady. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. safely with my with good cell phone service and strong internet connection. And I, yeah, I. I don't know at this age if I could handle Vegas hey. on a weekend like this weekend. What's I'm there for bachelor there, party man. in a couple of weeks, though.
1: Oh, here oh, we go. Yeah, and yeah that's so sad. Where, where's that going to be?
4: I. I think we're staying at the Bellagio. I can't oh, remember geez. something like that. Yeah. Boy. I can't. Are I, you going
0: to end up in the fountain? Yeah, I was Just gonna tell gonna me right say, now if we're going to end up in the fountain, please.
4: Hey, I I, I can only take, like, a night of that now. I don't know... Right, I, I don't know like what it, what it would look like. I'm like you know if I did like try to do like a three or four day weekend there, I don't think the results would be really
1: good. Ma- you imagine uh, yeah. it goes viral? Uh, you know, NFL Insider jumps into Bellagio with a snorkel yeah. uh, and just yeah. I mean just well, ripped out of his mind. Did,
0: Jonas, did you tell Albert about what's being offered up to the number one overall pick? You know all the
1: business Yeah, uh, Albert, I would just oh recommend... a, I, I've gotten these. See, I've gotten these emails before, yeah. so I can probably guess. Right. Uh, just uh, <laughs> Al- Albert, just Google Google. <laughs> The, uh, the chicken ranch brothel when you're not with the family and uh, giggity, 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 take giggity. it away from there. Uh, it's, uh, there's options, just letting you know. So, uh, is, all it, right, is, it
4: about, is it about, about, about like 20 minutes outside Vegas?
1: Something like that. <laughs> so, right? something like that. Yeah, it is something yeah. Yeah. like that. Isn't I'm, it I'm always? Up, yeah. <laughs> so it's 20
0: minutes outside. <laughs> well, aren't
1: Vegas. we all? Uh, all right, uh, Albert, we appreciate it. We'll do it again next week.
4: All right, thanks, guys.
1: There he is, uh, the great Albert Breer. By the way, uh, don't miss two pros and a cup of joe tomorrow morning live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Fresh off the first round of the draft As LeVar Arrington and I will be broadcasting live on the casino floor. And be sure also not to miss Fox Sports Radio's draft coverage throughout the first round tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time live from the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Our very own LeVar Arrington, Jay Glazer, former Vikings GM Rick Spielman, and Rob Stone will have you covered throughout the first round of the draft with pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first-round picks. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live from the Bellagio throughout the first round of the draft. MGM Rewards, earn on what you love. Visit mgmrewards.com for details. Subject to earning and redemption limitations applicable to certain purchases and in certain states. It's two pros and a cup of joe coming up next. We go into over-unders yet again. It is draft week. We've not got another batch for you right here on FSR.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me,
4: Rob Parker. Check
1: out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, two pros and a cup of joe fox sports radio brady quinn jonas knox with you here on fsr coming up top of next hour a little over 10 minutes from now uh there's a team in the nfl who has made a decision on their quarterback they've made a decision we will break down that decision for you here again coming up uh, top of next hour here a little over 10 minutes from now on fox sports radio right now it's time for something we've been doing all week long in honor of the nfl draft it's time for this
2: Time to put your money where your mouth is. I have
1: been losing. I know you're a lying low-life gambling degenerate.
2: It's over under.
1: And for that, we go to Lee lap our executive producer. Lee, uh, with no LeVar here, does that mean Birdo's going to be picking for LeVar? Is that how we're doing this? Or uh, or do you want to pick for LeVar? Who wants to do it?
3: No, yeah, I think Birdo could take Come this. Come on, Birdo. little over Let's under. Let's do it, Birdo. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 <laughs> take it easy. <laughs>
3: that could be silly. What do we got, Lee? All right, fellas, we've uh, we've asked about quarterbacks. We've asked about running backs. Today, we ask wide receivers. Number of wide receivers drafted in the first round, over or under six and a half.
0: Over. Wide receivers drafted in the first round. Yeah, I'm saying under. I I think the media has become obsessed with like pushing up wide receivers, and I think they'll be probably five, but here's the here's the rare thing there is big massive athletic men the big sexies mm. and i think there's gonna be a lot of those guys going off the ber- the board in the first round o-linemen d-linemen d tackles the the edge rushers i think we're gonna see a, a big amount of the big sexies going off the board
1: lee i'm gonna take the over on wide receivers uh in the first round yeah I'm gonna go with that uh, over for the first time ever over six and a half for me
0: you don't think that all these uh all these guys who you know are looking for new contract deals you don't think that maybe you want to say all right maybe we don't want to take these guys.
1: Listen, to you me. don't worry about my strategy. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a draft stopping. savant, okay? Eh, you know? worry about that content factory? Uh, Birdo, uh what are you picking here?
4: Under baby.
3: Yeah. Whatever. Uh, all right, Lee, what else? All right, speaking of wide receivers, Jameson Williams, uh draft position for him 11 and a half.
1: Wow. I wanted to take the over, but Albert has under. scared me into the under now.
0: No, it's not even that. I just I think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I, I really do, and I think without the injury, it's hands down not even close. He's a top 10 pick, so I'm going to say the under. Someone's going to pull the trigger
1: on him. Who would you say is the favorite to be the first wide receiver taken?
0: Mm, I would say it's probably Garrett Wilson. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then uh, followed by Jamison Williams. Uh, Jameson Williams, a plus 175 on DraftKings. Garrett Wilson is a minus 130. I mean, if Jameson, Wils- if Jameson Williams uh, didn't have the ACL injury, he's number one by a mile, correct? Not even close? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Which and- is
0: scary because the first three wide receivers taken could have been Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave, who obviously were all at Ohio State at one point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. It just, it's just, it's absurd. Take that for data. It just, it's just, it's like when Joe Burrow uh, won the national title. Everyone's like, man, where'd they find Budo! this guy? It's like, oh, Ohio State. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. He couldn't get playing time there. It's just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what else we got, Lee?
3: Well, Burrow, what did you take over under? Under. All right, you guys, total defensive players drafted in the first round, 15 and a half.
1: Oh, oh, boy. This is always tough. Um, yeah. I will take Ugh. the under. I'm going to go
0: I, with the over. If I don't care what Jonas uh, says.
1: Well, if so. I'm going with that many wide receivers, and if we know offensive line is a strength in the draft, then, you know, leads me to believe that uh, we're going to be an under on defensive players. Lee, I'm going to take the under on that. That is my draft analysis on this situation. Yeah. abajo. What does that mean? Under. I knew it. Yeah. Let's see. I know. Brady didn't know that. Thanks for clearing that up for Brady. He's not, I knew that. They're not familiar with the, uh, Paquito. Paquito. the language. Pequito. Ah. That's my fly down. Uh, what else we got, Lee? <laughs> Fellas, we've talked. Muy, muy <laughs> Tell me about it.
3: Fellas, we've Trace talked. Trace thumbs. <laughs> we've talked Pac-12. We've talked Big Ten. Today, ACC. Number of ACC players drafted in the first round, four and a half.
1: Oh, oh boy. Uh. Uh, this damn Wi Fi, um, uh, I'll say
0: the over because you got a Quanu, yeah, you got two quarterbacks, right? Pickett and how could, um, Andrew Booth, cornerback, he could take the under. Just,
1: I'm gonna take, take the, take the under. over, yeah. I don't think take Howell goes over. in the first round.
0: I, it it it's Notre Dame viewed as the independent. I mean, do they have a yeah, quasi-relationship no, with listen, the ACC? Listen, ACC so? can't
1: claim Notre Dame. It went in there and took from you. Right, you can't claim uh, uh, Notre Dame in the ACC. Okay. Right. Uh, th- that's, uh, that's out of line. I don't
0: feel good about this, but I'll take the over.
1: Over.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh, oh.